on tonight's show. We have accomplished author and artist, Benji Garrett. And now for your host, Cool Car. Welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 64. I am your host, Cool Car. Welcome to the Kicking the Cool Car Show. If this is your first time watching, I invite you to subscribe so I can continue bringing you this value. And I have some great guests to come on here. I'm telling you, so much value comes through here. I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. You know, without them, I wouldn't be able to do it. Without you guys tuning in, checking me out, coming to kick it, I wouldn't be able to do it. I do this for you because I know that there's a need for information, free information. I, ca- I like to call it free game. There's so many people out here just trying to charge you for every little thing. And some of these, st- some of the stuff, I mean, come on. I get it though. I get it. You know, you, you can you can sell information. I get it. But not today. Not on Cool Card. Not at not on not every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm gonna give you the free game. All right. <laughs> All right. So last week, just a quick recap. Last week on episode 63, I had Tierra D. Price. She is a vet, veterinarian. Um, she is a community veterinarian. So basically, she works like at I think she does like uh, neutering and spading or whatever. But she works at community shelters, like for stray dogs and stuff like that as well. Um, studies medicine. Like she's just phenomenal. She's doing great things. And I don't know if you noticed, last month I had all African American females for the month of February. And that was by design because it was Black History Month and it was Valentine's Month. So I had to do it for the ladies. Had to uh, you know, just show my respects to the ladies and all the great things that they're doing. Valentine's month and black history. Had to represent and uh, pay homage for the, to the sisters. You know what I'm saying? So it was good. It was good. But on to this week. I got a very, very, very accomplished gentleman coming on the show. His name is Van G. Garrett. He's an author. He's a poet. He's a drummer. He is a writer. He paints. He, what doesn't he do? A photographer. I'm telling you. I'm pretty, man, I just know this brother has the game for y'all. I know he has some free games. So y'all sit tight. Stay tuned. I'm going to bring him in. Right after this intro. Van G. Garrett, what's going on? Welcome to the Kicking the Cool Car Show. Hey, man, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for having me tonight, man. <laughs> oh, man, I had to. Such an accomplished brother like yourself. I mean, come on. This is all about yeah. giving up the free game and giving information. I know you got a plethora of information. I have a little- a little something, man. A little, a little something. Oh, yeah. Break them off just a little something. You ain't got to give them everything. I know you got yeah. gems, you know. Just crack off right. a little corner of that diamond for them and, you know, flick them a little cup hey. or that. I'm glad to. <laughs> I'm glad to. I know, you know. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, man, author, poet, drummer. You can keep adding to it if I miss anything. So, author, poet, drummer. Writer, painter, adjunct professor. What else? What else, man? You, you did a pretty good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you can st- yeah, you can stop right there. You know, I mean, yeah, that's that's fine. Now, here's my first question for you before we jump into everything. What is most right. satisfying? What is your passion? What are you most passionate about out of all that I just named? What am I most passionate about? Oh man, you start with the tough questions first, right? You got, <laughs> you got uh, Do so much, though. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I think 
probably um, being an educator, man. I, I really think being an educator is by far like what I'm most passionate about. Okay. And that's on, and I think that's all encompassing on, on so many different levels, uh, you know, from the middle school level all the way to the college level. Um, because it gives me the opportunity to share my passions with other people. Because okay. you already know, much is given, right? Much is required, much is expected. So that's that's how I was brought up, right? Okay. So uh, that's probably the most rewarding, the most uh, satisfying. Now, you would have asked the old me, like when I was in my 20s, <laughs> you would have gotten that answer. You know what I'm saying? My early 20s, not. But uh, that's where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's basically being an educator, feeding into feeding that value into other people changing yeah, yeah. the world is what you're doing trying to change the world man yeah yeah because i mean look I, I mean i was i was brought up knowing that man everybody has so many gifts that they're just born with that they are just i mean you just inherit so many of these different gifts and so i would say that uh you know why would i be blessed with the gifts just to sit on them that'll make sense so yes yeah. indeed i try to man i try to instill that into my kids you know what i mean like you got a talent know it express it god gave you that gift to share it with the world not to sit on it and keep it for yourself right 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 who, who right. are you to tell god that he was wrong for giving you them gifts by just being stingy with it you know what i mean who are you to tell god i'm not gonna share what you've given me when you share you know, with me that didn't make sense it don't even make sense, man. Hey, that's that black uh, screenplay, right? Your arm's too short to box with God. You know what I'm saying? So, right. You know, you can't do it, man. You can't, you know. So, yeah, that's just, for me, that's just really what I believe, man. And and, I, and all that stuff that you mentioned, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm fortunate to, to be able to do what I love doing and that. But, like, I mean, on a serious note, man, I, I just really... I don't take it lightly. Like, I feel like that's my, that's just my due diligence, right? To be able to share my passions and that kind of stuff. And, and the reality of it is I learn from others too. So, I mean, I'm not being stingy with it and other people, I guess, are not being stingy either. So it's, it's a reciprocal thing. So, yeah. Now yeah. with, with all that you do coming up, you know, as a, as a young adult, what was the first thing that you kind of got you, got involved in with all that you do? All right, yeah. So the first thing would be music. So music was a was like my my gateway drug, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like that was the thing because, man, um, it, it started in middle school. In fact, because in middle school I was like, um, man, I didn't care about school. I did not care about school at all. You know, but uh, but I love music and I loved all types of music, man. And I just happened to hop on a, a set of drums and and it's just like that became my instrument. And so people knew me as a as a drummer. They knew me as a musician because I played jazz band, I played uh, marching band, I played. I mean, and I was gigging as a freshman in high school. I was gigging with adults and like playing at these different you know spots. And so wow. people knew me as just as a musician, right? And and later on in life, I was fortunate enough to be on the stage with like Grammy award winning musicians and been in the studio recording and stuff. Yeah. But the the rhythm of music obviously has helped me as, as a writer and as an artist because I feel things in a certain beat, you know? So, um, yeah, man. So that was like the gateway right there. Yeah. So, and, and, and what a lot of, well, I don't want to say a lot of people don't know, but I'm pretty sure my viewers don't know that yeah. you're actually a ghostwriter as well. I heard that through the grapevine. You yeah. <laughs> that too much. And I know you can't speak about who you write for. Right. I get that. But right. as far as, do you do more like R&B writing? Man, let me say let me say this. Um, 
man, there's no there's no limit. There's no to, there's no limit. And and I'll say this that um you can listen to a country radio station and I might have my finger in that. You can listen to R and B. Okay. Real heavy hip hop. So as a ghost, I mean, it's just about whether or not I can bring the heat. <laughs> whether or not I can bring, you know, yeah. and uh, not to brag, you know, but my pen game is strong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so I've been fortunate enough that people have said, hey, can you can you fill in? Can you do this and do that? Uh, but being a ghost is different, you know, because when you're writing for yourself, you can say whatever you want to say. You can you can bring your personality to the table. But man, you're writing for somebody else, and it's like uh Okay, case in point. Case in point. I, I can't I can't speak of the artist, but I'll I'll tell you something that somewhat public knowledge. I was working on a project, and now my piece was only like 32 seconds, right? So I had like a 32 second piece. Man, I wrote that thing and rewrote that thing. Like I never wrote so much to try to get that much material to be able to fit the mold for what the album needed. And uh and it was a lot of pressure. Like when I'm writing for me, it's like one thing, but yeah, you know. People need their, you know, their things right. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but it's fun though. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I used. Well, I'm a, I'm a writer. I used to be an artist. I choose not to go down that path anymore. That's not what I do. This is what I do. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, writing is definitely fun. Writing can keep you up all times of night. Writing can wake you up out your sleep, and you song <laughs> in in ten minutes because you know. What I mean? Blowing out you. It's it's something magical about those wee hours of the mornings, man. As a writer, I'm sure you know, right? Oh man, yeah. You know, and it depends on where you are too. Like because yeah. I've been in some I've been in some spots. We we're just keeping it casual, right? So I can be yeah. honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> man, I've been in some spots where um the inspiration has hit me in some unexpected ways. Like in the wee hours of the morning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then I've been in places where it's like um it's super, super quiet. And I'm seeking inspiration, so to speak. I'm seeking that 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 creativity. It doesn't come readily, right? And, and so a lot of times it's like what you mentioned. Sometimes you just can't force it. You just have to allow yourself to be present and uh, be receptive to whatever comes your way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was just telling us, I was just giving somebody some um, advice on that, a writer. Actually, she was a, a singer, I guess, or whatever. And, you know, she was like talking about you know, getting writer's block and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you have to step away from it and go live life. Go get some life right. experiences and it'll right. all flowing back into you just like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, you should have you sent her my way because I don't, honestly, I don't believe in writer's block. Like, I don't I don't think there's a such thing as writer's block because there, there's so many, there's so many possibilities. Like, uh, here's I'm gonna do like a quick little a little uh, workshop with you right now. Like if you just observe what's around you and you just write what you see in your environment, then that all that is fodder for inspiration. That's just material. That's just source material. And the reality of it is, even if we're not physically writing, we're still writing. Like in our minds, we're processing. So the pro, you know, come on, I'm talking, you know? yeah, yeah, you know, right. That's the pro- the process that is still writing. You know, so yeah, absolutely. And I and I know that two hundred fold. Because I was to a point where, and this is not because you know how rappers be like, oh, I don't write nothing down, this and that, you know, brag. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying that to brag or anything, but I didn't write anything down. Like my, my, I got a photographic memory, so my memory is so good that I walk around when I used to write on a on a regular. I would walk around and mm-hmm. 
see something and I'll be like, hmm, that's a good idea. You know, and then the ideas start popping in my head. So I start putting a song together while I'm just walking around. So I say it, <laughs> say it over and over enough times, you know, and then I just leave it alone. Go do my go do what I was gonna do and come back to yeah. it later because it's still there because I wrote it on I wrote it down on a piece of paper in my head and I see the words, you know what I mean? So yeah. like like you're saying, just inspiration comes from anything and anywhere at any time, you know. Right. Don't force it, but it, if it's there at all times, so I'll I'll take little bits and pieces. Like I'll even just see a word and I'm like, oh, I learned a new word today. I know the meaning of it. I like it. I'm gonna use that, but in a in a clever way though. You know, not like I'm just trying to throw big words out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. A whole song could come from just one word that I learned for the day or something like that. You know, it's just crazy. No, man, I think that's I think that's brilliant though, man. Like I, I mean, one of my favorite rappers of all times is Jay Z, right? Say no more. I mean, Say no more. Come on. <laughs> Take Jake, like what you said, man. Like, like what Jake said. Uh, Jay said it's it's like getting into his rain, man, right? Because like being able to process, and and so I have a lot of respect for artists and writers that can do that, right? Like I can see something and, and call it up something visual, but as far as as far as that, man, I'm still trying to practice my chops on that. Like even if it's something I wrote ten years ago and I performed it here and there, like you'll still see me like holding my uh holding my sheet right there, like. Uh, what was that line again? <laughs> you know, so yeah. now I expect that for real. And you that's, know, that's... and you know what it does too. What I find, um, but that's like anything, anything that you know front to back, you can be more creative with it when you're delivering it. So say, you know, like an artist, you got to get in the booth and you got to do it. So you're not on stage. Right. That goes down the line, right? So when you're in the right. booth, you're not thinking about anything. So you can be animated with it. You can right. ad lib more with it. You can say it with more feeling. You can really believe what you're saying because it's in you. You know it. You're not reciting. You're not reading off of a paper. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not right, saying right. you can't put feeling to it when you're reading off the paper because you can. But when you just know it, now you're just in yeah. there performing. You know what I mean? You're in there performing. Right. There's no thought to it. So that's what writing in your head does because now you've gone over it a hundred times in your head anyway. So now you got right. it down. You don't need to look at nothing. Yeah, just loose. Yeah. No net. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, man, that's that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what I was going to ask you. So I don't know if I'm veering off the thing, but like who are top, who you like, who are your top MCs? Like, oh. okay, let me, let me, I know, I know that's a, that's a tough <laughs> question. We're going to take it there, top five. If, if you want, man, like either your top MCs or if you're into the freestyle, like who who do you consider to be some of your top freestyle artists if you go in that in that direction? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, um, dang, oh man. When you said freestyle, because I want to say I want to talk about this guy, but I forget I forget his name. But okay, MCs for sure, Jay Z, Biggie for sure. Uh, of I'm not really okay. I'll say this. Nas is nasty, right? Yes. But I didn't really, I wasn't really into Nas growing up. Like I, I know of Nas, not like I know. I, I listen to Nas. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He has fantastic work, classic work. But I was just never really into him like that. Right. I, I want to put him there because he is there. He deserves to be there. But for me, I can't say because right. I wasn't really into him. So I gotta say, Jay Z, Biggie. Um, let's go. Okay. And because because when people say top five, they always want to go lyrical, right? Right, 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 right. But Jay Z is number one tops. Period. I'm all time for me. 
Hands down. I don't right? care. I, listen, and people get mad at me or whatever they want, but <laughs> I don't care who became. I don't care who came before Jay Z. Jay's <laughs> genius with it. He's genius with it, man. I'm uh, sorry, no genius yeah. with it. And that's not to take anything away from anybody, but I'm right. telling you, like just from the cerebral aspect right. and being able to straddle the fence and entertain you at the same time, which a lot of MCs can't do. They, they get too, they get too cerebral, they get too heady. It's all bars, punchlines. It's not a song anymore. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's not a song anymore. It's yeah, a fine yeah. line. It's a fine line to be able to spit like that with metaphors, double entendres, and all that head stuff, heady stuff, and then still be able to make a song that can entertain you and that you feel in your soul. Like man, I've been to several Jay Z concerts, and every yeah. time I go. That energy, man, it captivates you. And he's not on the stage dancing, shucking, and jiving, doing nothing. But I'm telling you, man, when that boy is up there doing his thing, there's no other, man, there's no other energy like that in that realm for me. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. I can yeah, go man. and see his show, and he can do the same set every single time, and it's still going to affect me the same way. Mm. But let's say this. Because I said, people always talk about lyrics. So for me, I grew up on Snoop Dogg. I know he's not the most lyrical, but as far as impacting the culture and impacting right. the game and, and what he has, I think um, he helped. I think he helped hip hop commercialize itself because he was a mm -hmm. character. Right. And characters last. People don't realize it, man. These, these rappers that last a long time, Outside mm -hmm. Jay-Z, Jay-Z is the exception because he, all he's ever been is just real. And all he's ever been is just him. And he's always been transparent about his life and what he's done. Snoop, on the other hand, he's been transparent and he's always rapped about his environment and smoking and this and that. But I don't right. think he dove as deep as Jay-Z did, did and does telling about his life. Right. Painting you from that aspect. So I think... Snoop was more of a because I mean it's Snoop Dogg and the whole doggy thing, so it's like that's a character, you know. Right. That's not, not yeah, yeah. taking anything away from him, but that's just what it is. He he's he was a character, but his music is so impactful because it changed the 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 landscaping of hip hop. It made it so commercial. He had the white people loving it. They yes. wanted to smoke. They wanted to be all about the dog pound, the dog father, everything. Like he's like he's an icon. He really yeah. is. He's an icon. You can say Snoop Dogg. Everybody knows Snoop Dogg. Right. I don't know where you are. Everybody knows Snoop Dogg. Everybody knows Jay-Z. All right, so let me get back to my list. <laughs> so we got Jay, Biggie. Uh -huh. Funny I need to speak about Biggie. Jay, Biggie, uh, <laughs> Snoop, for me, just being an impactful um, artist. God, man. Let me go ahead and throw Nas in there. Let me throw Nas number three, even though I wasn't into him, because he just deserves it. He deserves it, man. I mean, I think, and you know why I say he deserves it? And I know we going, I'm going long on this, but, and I, this is the thing. You got me on this, and I never discuss no top five MCs. I never get in that conversation. I never get in the Jordan, Kobe, LeBrons. I don't get okay. conversations because I feel what I feel, and you ain't going right. to change that. I don't yeah. care what you, what stats you throw at me. You're not going to change it. But anyway. Okay, Jay-Z, Jay Biggie, Nas, Snoop. Man, there's so many, man. I know I'm going to forget somebody. But okay, let's take it to a softer side. <laughs> I don't want to say soft and uh, yeah. 
and belittle the man and like that. But I really feel like LL changed the game too. Oh yeah. I really feel like LL led the way for the Drakes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting point. All right, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Because there's not too many rappers that take that lane these days, and Drake is right. killing it. Like I think Drake does his best work when he gets his LL on. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's it's now and it's a different style of rapping these days, but that's that's what he's doing. True. Hey, I never even thought about it. You really shed some light on that. I mean, I never thought I never thought that I never thought of Drake in that in that way. But but come on, I need love, LL. That, that's what, what it is. Love. He come out yeah, yeah, yeah. LL just didn't <laughs> sing, but it's the same stuff, right? He catered to the ladies, it's love songs. It really is right. love songs. But you still keeping it street. I don't want to say street for Drake because he ain't no street dude. But you still keeping it, you know, within the hip hop feel. But it's a lot, right. yeah. Gotcha. But I'm cool gotcha. with that because I like R and B. I rather listen to R and B all day nowadays. Right, that's kind of where I am with it too. I can I can definitely get into some R and B, especially at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, but yeah. man, look, I'm looking at I'm looking at your list and I'm uh, checking it twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. So, but, yeah, so many, but listen, man, there's so many people out there that could be at that number four and that number five, though. Honestly, yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. I think Eminem uh, is, is one of the top lyricists. Oh. And he's definitely top when it comes to that freestyle. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah, he, he's on my list. He's on my he's on my he's on my, my roster, of course, in my bracket all day. You know what I mean? Like you talked about Jay. You already know. Jay actually used to proclaim monster of the double entendre. You know what I'm saying? And what you said, I mean, about all that stuff, his delivery, all those things you mentioned. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen Jay in concert, too. And uh, what you said is so accurate. This dude, how can I leave a Jay concert horse? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. What? Uh, two bills plus, and I feel like I did all the work, right? <laughs> <laughs> It was the uh, the Heart of the City tour with Mary J. Blige. Oh Man, my was, God! It was it was bananas. But I would tell you, like just like you said, like you said, Jay can bring that energy, which I'm gonna circle back around. Definitely, I'm definitely gonna ride with Big as well. I mean, that's I mean, come on, conversational flow. I mean, and and just slant rhymes. Like Big was like. Um, that line, I make your mouthpiece obese like Della Reese. When I release, you lose teeth like little C's, right? And then, but then he came. He came later and said, "I said uh, uh, Russian concussion." Like, I mean, just like how he's his rhyme patterns. Yeah, dynamic. Like, like so. I mean, so of course him uh, with Snoop as far as being a character, he's not on my list. But as far as character rapper. I would say Buster Rhymes, man. Buster Rhymes, as far as a character, still has longevity. Yeah. Like, like I can still remember that Mountain Dew com- commercial. Dude went head up with a ram or something like that. Like, like he's known for bringing that ah, that, that energy yeah. from day one. Yeah. Nas, I'm with you also with Nas. I never, I can appreciate what Nas does lyrically, mm-hmm. and you also know that Nas comes from a, a bloodline of musicians, right? His dad Oludara and, and all that. So, so it's in his bones, right? So I can appreciate what Nas does as a as a writer, as a rapper, but he's never been like somebody I listen to in my playlist. Now, I would tell you... You, you know, know why? Jay, that, I'm sorry to cut you off. You know why? Because he's... Go ahead, go ahead. He, he used to be... You know what? It's crazy because his last album mm. is one of the best albums for me because I feel like he finally figured out how to entertain you and say all them big words at the same time. 
entertainment. Yeah, because I, I would take, but you know what? My first introduction to Nas was seeing him as a performer, and the performance was lackluster. Like, it was like, time, you know, dudes holding the mic, blah, 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 and the mic, you can't hear what's going on. Yep. But like, and, and if you don't know the lyrics, like, you don't know how to ad lib while he's performing. Yeah. And so for me, like, I don't know the song. So it was like, that was a bust for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you talked about LL, and I see that. I'm going to throw out just a few. Like, I don't know if y'all into the ciphers, but I'm into the ciphers. You know about Fred the Godson? Yeah. Fred the Godson? So, yeah. So, look, man. So, hey, Fred the Godson is is by far one of my favorite just freestylers, Papoose. Oh. Man, this dude oh. freestyled the alphabet forward, right? Then came back and did it backwards. Like, yeah, who he, does that? No. Wordplay. Oh, but speaking of wordplay, you remember um, K-Solo? You remember K-Solo back in the days? Like, spell back, like... So like I'm real, obviously I play with words all day anyway. So I love when somebody can take the words and play with them. So yeah. Papoose on it, loaded uh, loaded Lux. You know about loaded Lux? I do know about him, but I don't know too much about his work though. Check out, yeah, he's he's tight. And then uh, Murder Mook. Um, I think uh, J- Jada Kiss as far as a freestyler oh. as well. Oh. Jada, yeah, come on, no more. <laughs> you know, man, Ali, Mostaf. I mean, Yasin Bay. So it's like, yeah. I mean, so we'll be. All day, obviously talking about hip hop, but what you said is, I mean, as far as why they why they are who they are, and of course M, man. I mean, like people can say what they want to uh, to say about M, uh, man, but his whole crew, like like Royce the Five Nine, I think Royce the Five Nine is like underrated MC, yeah. right? Like, and speaking yeah. of that, I, I mean, so I'm gonna ask you this, and I know we we can talk about, I can tell we can talk about hip hop, <laughs> right? But uh, but man, what about uh? Rakim a lot, like like a lot of people throw Rakim in the conversation, and I would say growing up I listened to him, but I think I might have missed like the genius that yeah. that you know people associate with him. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like I I know I know how great Rakim is. I'm gonna say is because he's not right. Oh. right, 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 yeah. But like right, right. I, like you were saying, I didn't dive into his work enough to say. Yeah, Rakim, he's in my top five. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I was on yeah, the yeah. sidelines paying attention, and then of course, you know I was a lot younger when he was in his prime. You know what I mean? Right. So I didn't really right. get into him as much. I I, I identified the, the genius in him, so I get it when people were like, "Yo, how can you leave Rakim out?" I get that, but for me, you asking me, I gotta tell you. No, he's not in my top five because I didn't I, I didn't live the experience that you live. Just listen, this is one thing I try to tell uh, younger guys too. Mm. Right? They want to always talk about this Joe, this this Jordan and Kobe and LeBron and this and that and third. And I'm just like, you can't ever have an argument with a millennial about Jordan and somebody else because they didn't live it. They did not experience you had to experience right. Michael Jordan. You had to literally sit. You can go back and watch the old games, but it ain't the same. You're man, seeing what we saw, but it's all about that experience, man. You're living in the moment. What a time right. to be alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, you man. had to really just be in that moment, in that energy, when he was doing what he was doing. Man, yeah. say, talk about energy. I mean, look, I still, if we're talking about basketball, I still, but before we before I, I hop on the on the basketball tip for a second, man, I cannot I cannot leave out uh, Black Thought. Oh. I mean, to all day, Trotter. You talk about Jay, man. Like every time I've gone to a Roots concert, the energy level has has been so high 
It's just a Dude. whole nother, it's a whole nother wave. It's just a man, it's a whole nother wave. And those brothers, hey. look, those brothers are solid brothers, man. Those are some good dudes right there. But uh, yo, but you talk about basketball, man. I, I think about um when Shaq used to break backboards. I know. Who, who, Who's that? Listen, I know they've reinforced them nowadays, <laughs> but still, like you're saying, that was ex- an experience you had to live through. You wouldn't even right. understand if you told a kid today, like, yo, that guy used to break backboards. It's Man. it doesn't mean anything to them. They'll just be like, oh, for real? But it doesn't <laughs> mean anything to them. Because they didn't experience, they didn't live it. That's why I never get into those arguments. Because you can't, I can't even get into an argument with these kids today about Jay-Z because they don't know him like that. They know of right. they know of him because he's still relevant. He makes himself relevant. But they don't right. know Jay-Z like that. They, I they lived in New York City when Jay, Jay-Z was on his run. You know what I mean? Like, I was there. I, yes, was, in the yes. I was within that energy. I was in Damn. the clubs when he was in the clubs. I used to work at Sony Studios when Jay-Z was in a session. And I'm in the session because I worked yes. there. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's you can't tell me. You can't tell me because I live the energy. If you live that energy, then, yeah, right. you can tell me. But these younger kids, they'll never understand it because you have to experience it. You can't go back and watch the film. You can't go back and listen to the records because it's not the th- it's not the same. Right, 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 right. So, it's, so there's no argument there. It's like I can't I can't go back and forth with you. You'll never understand. Yeah, you can't understand. But you hope that they're doing their research. You hope that they're doing their knowledge, man. Yeah. And uh, and and yeah. And I think I think some of them are really starting to pay pay attention. You know what I mean? Come on. And they, they, yeah. I mean, and if it's if if they say it or not, the rhythms. All those things, because let's be honest, the rhythms are African, yeah. right? So, so those rhythms will find a way to them eventually. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Come on, I like. Come on, man. Huh? <laughs> no, I said, man, come on, man. You started talking. Started talking about hip hop, man. I, I know. Like, man, you started it. <laughs> you started it, but nah, it's cool, man. I love, I love it because I don't go there much, and I don't talk. Like, I can't. I'll tell you that top five now. Jay Z's always gonna be there. Big's always gonna be there. Snoop might fall off. I could think of somebody like I just gotta think about people. But it's just different, man. There's so many, so many artists out there that have had an impact right. on my life. That you know, if I hear that song, it'll bring back memories. Like that's the stuff I, I value. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. make me reminisce and, and think about a time when life was like really good. Not to say it's bad now, but just a time when like life was really good. You're like, man, this was a good time, and I had a great time. I enjoyed myself. Like, if you could think back, songs make you do that. That's something. That's saying something. A lot of this stuff on the radio now, I ain't gonna remember shit. Excuse me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ain't making me remember shit because I am not even listening to the verses. I may remember the beat and the hook, maybe, but you're not right. anything. And I'm not saying everybody's like that, but there is a lot of that out there now. But um, yeah. I'll say this one last thing. We're gonna move on. I really yeah. love the fact that Jay is still prominent. Even though he don't even put out records as much, but he's still prominent. He makes it cool for mm-hmm. you to be a little seasoned and seasoned. still living within this hip-hop realm and in this, in this hip-hop culture. You know what I mean? Because right. these yeah. young kids, they try to write off these older guys and I hate it, man, because why are the Rolling Stones and Errol Smith and Paul McCartney and all them, they could still tour, sell out arenas, and and live good but the rapper the older seasoned rapper is struggling to get a show and if he is doing shows you know he has to go overseas to make some decent money right. because they respect you a little bit more over there they just respect the art 
overseas. And I understand why they tour so much over there because that's where they can make a living because people get it. I don't understand why we're so privileged, why we're so... Man, I don't get it, man. Like the people out here in, in America, they just, they just so quick to move on to write you off. Oh, you're you're yesteryear, you're old. Like, but the music's good. You do remember these good songs, and I still got good stuff to 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 present to you. Why right, right. why are you turning the cheek? Why are you turning I mean, the ear? Yeah, man. It. Hey, man. Look, hey, the sociology term, man. That's that whole microwavable society. That's that McDonaldization of society. But I would tell you, uh, I mean, oh, why is it with I, our culture though? Why though? It's, well, because it's disposable, man. Because <laughs> because you know what I'm saying is it's because it's disposable. You know, it's like any. I mean, I, I don't. That's a whole other. That's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. But but I would tell you. I, I would I would tell you that you're exactly right. Um, maybe let me see. It, well, it has to have been at least a year ago since the world has been shut down. So it was a little bit more than a year now. Yeah, a little bit more than a year now. And uh, Biz Marquis did a did a show House of Blues in Houston, and uh, he was DJing, you know, playing these songs and stuff like that. And so what you said uh, was spot on as far as music and songs that make you go back to when you were a kid. And and in a real sense, music man has always been like my go-to. It has always been like what has been a source of inspiration. Yeah. And as a writer, because we talked about music, but in all these different pockets of who I am today, music has always been at the forefront. And I would tell you, like I remember the the UMCs. Remember the UMCs, mm-hmm. Blue Cheese, yeah. um, man, Blue Cheese. Like when I saw that video, and when I saw a Tribe Called Quest scenario. When I saw those videos, I was like, "This is art. This is artistic. These cats are doing whatever they want. They're doing whatever they want to do. They're saying whatever they want to say." And then I saw Chuck D, Mr. Chuck D. When I saw the the Power video, like literally, those three videos stand out in my mind, and 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 those were like the that, that was the bridge to, the, for me to be like, "Hey, you know what? You can be an artist. You can say whatever you want to say. You can do whatever you want to do." That coupled with Nikki Giovanni. Man, I read Nikki Giovanni. I listened to Public Enemy, uh, Tribe Called Quest, and, and the UMCs. All that that gumbo. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you can't tell me. You know, and it was just a, a, a pride, man. It was it was a a sense of pride. Like you would turn on the. Remember you turn on the videos, man. And like every day or every week, it would be like a brand new video. Would be you different from the, from the next. I, I miss the fact that people really had self-expression in videos and with the art the visuals everything was well thought out it was right. everything that they wanted you to see now it's just, mm-hmm. give me a nice calm and a couple girls shake their butt we're gonna get a yeah. new house and some free <laughs> and we good right and we're gonna film right. on the camera phone <laughs> you know? now it's like I don't know what Hype Williams is doing I know I can see him doing videos for you know people like Mariah Carey and stuff still but none yeah. of the younger kids want to pay his his fee. They don't want to pay what he's worth. I think that's just my opinion. I'm because I know what he charges. I don't yes. think they want to pay what he's worth, so they don't use him. Because Hype Williams, I mean, come on, that's a movie. And he's exactly. And Little X too. Hype and Little X. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, come on, listen, man. I remember when Little X, Hype Williams, Little X. Matter of fact, uh, Benny Boom 
was uh, uh, Little X Protege. Because I remember when I did, me and my homeboy, we used to do music videos and we were modeling and acting, right? So we went out to Jersey and did the EI video with with Nelly. Benny Boom. Benny Boom was the one on the bus with us. Like, he was chaperoning us, basically. All the models, all the people that are going to be in the video, Benny Boom was over us. He was his Little X's protege learning the game at that time. And now I see this man and I'm like, wow. Come on. You see what I'm saying? Like, okay, so so look, so obviously we, we can't jump off of hip hop because it's <laughs> man, but but look, but let me tell you, like coming up, look, so coming up, like you already know, right? Like at, at that point, um when when all these different pieces were coming about, like, okay, so of course you had vibe and you had well you had source, let's be clear. You had source and, and then and then vibe and then we're not gonna talk about double XL and how that came about, but let's just rock with, with source and vibe for a second. Right. Man, so you had these magazines, right? And, and so everybody was really trying to be a part of of you know these big productions, man. And and it was like looking at it now, like I still have so much respect for the work that went into putting those magazines together because that was before what you mentioned, that was before cell phones. Yeah. Like when I worked for, look, so I worked for source magazine, like while I was in college and then after college and all that. And, and it was, man, it was a wonderful experience, but I'm going to tell you, like it was for me, it was like, uh, well, for the company, they got a two for one because I'm a photographer, as you mentioned, but I'm also a writer. So I'd go to a show and then I would I would photograph the show. Then I'm writing about the show. And then like sometimes, I'll, you know how it is. You put a package deal together. Yeah. You might have the CD review like the day before. All that stuff together, right? It was no going to a concert, taking out a cell phone, snapping a you know, video on it, blah, blah, blah. And then uploading it like while you're there doing it live. Right. Man, like, hey, you leave the show at one, two, three in the morning. <laughs> you're in that dark room developing film and it had to be in that person on that person's desk by six in the morning so you so you and i'm talking about and that's processing and writing and you pull those all you pull those all-nighters and now you look at those people who that's where their heart was and their passions and look at what they're doing now would you say as far as benny boo i mean look at i mean these people man it's just you know it was a different day you know and and when i say man I, i feel like you know, I feel like I probably sound like an old head, like man, back in the days. You know what I'm saying? But it was a different time. People put they put the, they put the news in, right? Yeah, so, yeah they put was, work in. They put work yeah. back in the days. Yeah, they put yeah. work in. Good quality work. The videos, wow. million dollar videos that were worth it though, right? Because they gave you an experience. I remember when they would be like, "Oh, this Friday world premiere, new Missy, new Missy, uh, new Missy Elliot." Video, yeah. bro, we right. were hype. We, bro, we would set a reminder like, yo, can't miss that world premiere, Missy. Even though right. we wake up Saturday and it's gonna be playing all day, but like, all you day. wanted to experience the world premiere. Right, 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 right. Oh you man, you know it was gonna be, it was gonna blow your mind with the visual. Man, come on, man, come on, man, come on. Going to Sam Goody. Get man, come on, man. Get the singles, get the acapella, get the instrumental. Yeah, get the <laughs> you know, yeah. but back to what you said experience it was about <laughs> the experience man yeah you had to yeah. live it gosh you had yeah. to live it you had man. to live it yeah let's talk about your um your <laughs> we on that we on that hip-hop let's talk about your writing so you have like a unique style of writing i'm not gonna say all your books are like that but you have a unique style of writing that you do like you write a story using poetry right 
yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, man. That's yeah. That's that's what people have known me for for like the last man, last twenty years plus. I mean, it's poetry, right? And um, and so, all right. So let's just let's just backtrack. So when uh, so when I was in, in school in undergrad, like I was a I was an English major and a mass comm major, uh, radio, television, broadcasting. So that's kind of how those passions kind of came together. Uh, because the English side, that was me expressing myself, whereas the media side, that was me, you know, highlighting somebody else's narrative or the, the narratives of other people. Yeah. So, um, so, but you know, even when I wasn't doing that stuff, I still was, I still was writing poems, and and so I've, I've written poems, um, man, for for a long time now. But it was in college where I got my first big shot, so to speak. And uh, so, you know, I was I was writing at the time and there was a, a guest speaker that came in. His name was Prof- uh, uh, Professor Lorenzo Thomas, mm-hmm. who was one of the founders of the Black Arts Movement. So that in itself was like, man, like this, this, this man was like a founding father of the, okay, so if we look at the timeline, it's like, Lorenzo Thomas, Amiri Baraka, Sonia Sanchez, Etheridge Knight. We have all these, you know, Maya Angelou, all these, all these poets on this timeline, right? And so if you look at their timeline and then you break it down to the next poets that, that come under them, also like the last poets, like these are the people who paved the way for like for like common and for like to- okay. and all, you know, and, and so and so that that whole piece. So this, so he came, he came and uh, he spoke, and after it was over, after he got finished, you know, speaking and reading. I walked up to him and I, and I said, "Hey, look, I really enjoyed your work." And and then my mentor, uh, Dr. James Ulmer, he he introduced me to him, and 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 so we started talking. So he gave me his business card. He was like, "Send me some poems." And I'm like, "Send me some poems?" So, you know, okay. And I'm like, "Really? Like this guy? From, you know what I'm saying? This guy is like, he's somebody in the world." But okay, so I sent him some poems. Man, he got back with me within a few uh, a few you know days or so. He's like, "I love these poems," and and he said, "I'll, I'll respond to you a little later on." He sends my work to Maya Angelou, man. Yeah, to Maya Angelou. And, and then he sh- he shows me what she said. He, and he's like, yo, and, and you know, Maya Angelou loves your work, by the way. And uh, by the way, your work is about to be published in this in this journal. Wow. As a junior in high school, I mean, I'm sorry, junior in college, and you get that kind of news that Maya Angelou likes your work, and then you have someone with who is a founding father of this movement who says, oh, by the way, I'm going to take you under my wings. All right. Hey, man, that was like, for me, it was like, okay, that's that's cool. So maybe I have maybe I have a gift here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so then I was like, I'm going to stick with the poetry thing. So I started sticking with it. Um, and it just kind of has parlayed over time. But yeah, um, people know me for writing very, very short poems. And so the types of poems that I write, they're African-American influenced. Okay. Okay. Uh, so they're called Kwansabas. And a Kwansaba, it's a 49-word poem. Okay. okay now I'm, about to, I'm about to, come on, New York, here we go. We're about to do the math. I'm about to run these numbers for you. <laughs> here it goes. So it's a 49-word poem. So you have you have seven, you have seven lines. You have seven words in each line. Uh-huh. And then and then you have a total of seven lines. Okay. So it's so it's seven. It's seven going this way. Uh, seven going this way, and then seven words in each line. Wow. All right. So, all right. But check this out. But no word can have more than seven letters. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. Proper nouns excluded. So, like, you can put Manhattan in there, right? Yeah. But like, if you put like the word xylophone, you can't do that. Like, it's so it's a rule to it, right? It's a rule to it. But to not not to bore you with it, but 
Eugene Redmond, who uh, he's the the poet laureate of, of East St. Louis, he came uh, he came up with this form, man, in 1985. They were sitting around, just like what we're doing right now. They were chopping it up, you know, talking. Hey, you know, ha uh, have have people written a form that's just purely African American? And they're like, no, well, let's try something. So they tried. They literally tried their hands at it. And uh, so people know me for writing the Quan Sabas. And dude, that poem is like about like that. That's what 49 words looks like on the page. It's, <laughs> it's like something. So people know me for writing short, you know, short work. Um, yeah, I've written, you know, poems about everything that you could imagine. And, um, you know, so, yeah, and I still love doing that. I still, I still love writing poetry, you know? You have like 10 books out, right? Because I, I got a couple of the links in the in the description. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm gonna have to hit you with with some of these things. Some of them. Promote, man. Self promotion. Self promotion. Real quick. All right. So we had this one right here, right? So this is called a chat book. So it's like a mixtape. This is uh, pit bulls and jaywalks. It's about how people look at at, at pit bulls and black people and how there's a correlation. How some people fear pit bulls the same way they fear black people. People. Wow. Yeah, That's this strong. is the yeah this is the Quan Sao book that I was telling you about. Okay. Both of these are published by Caddy Wampus Press, which is out of uh, Massachusetts, man. And so this is the one that won the prize. And after they won the prize, they were like, "Hey, can we get a follow up?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So both of these have been doing pretty well. This is the one that dropped last uh, year. It's called Water Bodies, and this came. Uh, this is published actually in California. Otis Books published that. Can I kick it? I'm kicking it with you right now. This was about, man, this is one I co-authored with uh, Rand Walker about sneaker culture. So it was micro fiction, micro poetry, you know, short poems, short uh, short work. And then the one that won the national prize, this is called Scrap, one about boxing. Oh, and, wow. uh, and so, yeah, so, and these are all Quansabas as well. So, I mean, those just a few that are right here on the desk, man. It's, but it's, yeah, so. How many, I mean, how many books total? So yeah, so so twelve, yeah, so 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 a total of twelve. The first book was published uh, by Xavier University, Xavier University Press, huh. and uh, it's Songs of Blue Negritude. And uh, man, it's it's you know it's real raw, man. Like we talk about hip hop and that, so it's about hip hop. It's like a real real edgy type of type of book because that's where I was in life. You know, yeah. we're talking about, you know experiences and that. So that's how I was kind of moving in the world. Um, and then there, you know, other other collections. But now I'm about to I'm about to make that forward uh, that foray into into picture book writing uh, because I as a as a picture book author next uh, next year it was gonna be this year but with uh, with you know COVID and stuff the book got pushed back so uh, so yeah man I write across genres man um, I will tell you what I tell people all the time I write for I write for kids I write for for the young ones but I also write for the grown and sexy <laughs> you know what I'm saying and so and as a ghost. Um, you know, sometimes I, I write under a pen name, you know what I'm saying? And so so somebody you know might have read some of my stuff and then, oh, this is kind of fire. Okay. Yeah, I might have had something to do with it. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, All right, so you ghosting books, you ghosting music. I'm, you yeah, I'm, everything. You're going to be ghosting movie scripts. Hey, right. real quick, though, I want to go back to that that uh, the book you had with the boxer. Is that how yeah. you got involved with Lennox Lewis? Because I saw he did like a testimony about your work. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. We like, we, like, dude. We like hitting all these, uh, all these different pockets tonight. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, boxing is my is my favorite sport, man. Boxing is my favorite sport. And um, so I worked. I was working on a project about Linux Lewis, and it's actually called Linux in Twelve, okay. which is uh, it's a it's a collection of poems based on Linux Lewis's life. 
Okay. And so this is a real. I'm about to tell you this real story, man. Talk about like the struggle. This is the you talk about some gems. This is the struggle being real for real. So, uh, so at the time I, I was working on this project, I was really excited about it, and I reached out to uh, Linux Lewis's camp, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm working on this project, and uh, you know, I would like to take a meeting with Mr. Lewis, you know. And mm -hmm. so we went back and forth, man. We went back and forth like literally six months. Oh wow. He got to the point where he was like, come on, fly to Jamaica. Come to my house and let's have a meeting. Bro. <laughs> now I'm about to drop some gems on you for real. Lennox Lewis, my favorite fighter of all times, said, come to my house in Jamaica. You don't have to worry about anything. Just get on the flight. Bro, I literally did not have enough money for shoestrings when that came about. To make a long story short, I couldn't fly. I couldn't fly to Jamaica and I couldn't take the meeting with them because I honestly, I didn't have the money to do so. Man. But we, yeah, but we still maintain that line of communication. Okay, and so and so he became familiar with my work over time, and so I ended up sending, uh, you know, his family some like some of my books and projects and stuff, and I kept updating them and stuff. And so he was like, I really like, you know, I really like your work. All right, so fast forward it. While I was working on the Linux Lewis project, I was like, okay, you know. Um, I really want to know more about the sport. Now, when I was in college, I put the gloves on a little bit, man. But it was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like I was in there sparring all day, every day, none of that stuff. Right. So I was like, in order to make this authentic, I need to know more about the sport. I need to know more than what I what I watch when I'm around this and that. Watch so, it. Yeah. So I literally, you know, talking about doing your research, I literally um, became a boxing coach. I went to be certified as a boxing coach, an amateur boxing coach. Had to go to classes sitting there on Saturdays, taking notes and all this kind of stuff. After I did that, excuse me, I reached out to one of the universities here, which is Texas Southern uh, University, HBCU. And I said, hey, look, you know, I know y'all have a boxing team that's, you know, coming up, you know, coming up and, and could y'all use the extra coach? And they were like, sure. By doing that, I was able to uh, be an assistant boxing coach. I was there with the team for a long time and, and I learned so much more about the sport. And then obviously that became a really a big part of who I, who I was and, and and so one of the fighters, uh, Jiffy Morales, who's also known as the Princess of Boxing, mm -hmm. she was which it was actually her team. She just asked me to be one of uh, one of the coaches. Uh, she said, "Will you manage me?" Like, cause so she graduated. She said, "You know, and then she, this was like her graduating twice from college." Or and she's like, will "You will you manage me?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I started managing her as a brand manager, and because mm -hmm. she's so charismatic, man, because uh, people really like who she is, they like her personality it became a big deal. And so we started attending like major fights. And so I, I started really talking to a lot more professional fighters and then professional fighters became familiar with who I am. And, and so that whole, and so the boxing community, you know, they really embraced me yeah. one because, you know, cause Lennox Lewis was like co-signing what I was doing, but also because of what, what Jiffy was doing. And uh, yeah, man. So, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm really proud of her because uh, you know, she, after she left boxing, took a hiatus from boxing, she started her own company, and in less than a year, she uh, she got a Super Bowl commercial. Like she like she she had a Head and Shoulders Super Bowl commercial, man. Like they reached out to her. So like yeah, so it's yeah, so it's you know the narrative. We were talking about narratives earlier, man. And narratives are just life is a journey. Wow, it's, it's about the experience. She says it's about the experience, right? Experience. It's about the experience. About yeah. experience. Right, right. Um, we got it's um. His name is R. Saldana Jr. He said, ask you about your classic cars. <laughs> about your classic oh, car? 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that's Renee. Shout out to Renee, man. He's he's one of my my co my co-authors, man. Working on a project right now for uh, for young adults and uh, middle middle schoolers and that. Yeah, man, I love classic cars as well, man. Um, you know, that's you talk about experiences. That's another experience. Like, yeah, uh, an opportunity presented itself, and I'll make this this conversation short. An opportunity presented itself for me to go to Brazil, and so I was like super excited to go to Brazil for a lot of different reasons. Some of which I'm not going to be able to say on air, but I was like, yeah, yeah, Brazil seems real nice. But I had to make a choice. It was either go to Brazil or buy this classic car. <laughs> I had money for both of them, so I was like, uh, I had to think about it. Right, it's a toss up. So uh, I was like, man, what should I do? And I'm, man, I'm telling you, like this car was, is, it was garage kept. It was, it's a, it's a 1977 LTD C Green, only thirty thousand miles. I'm talking about pristine, like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a parade car. So okay, so make a long story short, I didn't go to Brazil. Passed going to Brazil, got the classic car and named the car Brazil. Oh and, and that, wow! Yeah, I still had a car. Yeah, it's a 77 LTD, big body. You know, so do you regret yeah. it? Are you no? Nah. Nah, man, I don't know. I don't regret it at all because I'm like, you know, I can go to Brazil and, you know, and and take advantage of all that stuff and then have the photos and the memories. Right. But I can have this car and then cruise around and, and daydream all day long about going there. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. Yeah, so now, now, you you chose that experience over the next. But see that, see this is the thing though, the Brazil uh, experience is always there. That car, right? Exactly. Probably wouldn't have been there when you got back. No, no, no. I mean, let me tell you, no. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was happy with that choice. I think you made a good executive decision. Yeah, you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to make the right call. Exactly, know? exactly. Now, I want to talk about, because I heard that you were a huge sneakerhead, too. How, how many sneakers do you own, man? Man, look, say... <laughs> I say that online. I, I did not say that, you know, because uh, I would just say, I would just say that uh, I, I started losing count, man. Um, you, know, you know what's crazy? Because okay, talk about experiences as a kid and stuff. Okay, so I never was, I never was the the, the kid to uh, really be like the big Jordan sneaker fan, right? Like like when the Jordans came out, like that was never me because not taking anything away from Jordan we all know he's a great player but he wasn't my favorite player okay. like I said I was looking at the players that were that weren't getting all of the shine but if they were getting shine they were getting shine for other reasons like I said like Shaq now I'm not gonna say it was a huge huge Shaq fan but that still impresses me to this day that yeah. it's like Jordan broke records Shaq was breaking backboards so um yeah, so, okay, so coming up, I really wasn't getting every Jordan, and I really wasn't into the, the sneaker culture like that so much. But it wasn't until um, probably probably grad school or... Actually, I think that it might have... It actually might have started when I first started touring a little bit with my uh, with my words and stuff, uh, because what would happen would be, I was like, getting back to Jay-Z, see, everything's connected to Jay. Uh, what happened was I was like, man, Jay would have that clean look. Remember, it would just be the the suit jacket. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying, the pants and like a, like a collar shirt, and, and and you have the fresh whites, right? The classic yeah. Reebok. So every time I go to a city, what I would do is I would uh, I would I would go to the, the sneaker store, get a fresh pair of, of white Reeboks, those classic ones, gum soles, and then I would leave I would leave the other ones for like the, the cleaning staff or whatever the case may be, or or just donate them somewhere, right? <laughs> It, but I, but I didn't know I was collecting them at the time. I just knew that I liked them. Yeah. As time progressed, I was like, man, um, okay, 
what what am I going to rock with? Because there's so there's so many shoes out there, right. and I like what I like. Normally I get like artistic shoes, but the ones I like are the uh, the Reebok Basquiat's. So I love Basquiat. That's my favorite painter of all times, and uh, you know, so man, like, so I have now I collect shoes. I'm very strategic. I collect shoes um, because they're artistic or because they're designed by somebody I know. And so Chris Cole is like my favorite, he's my favorite sneaker designer. He's the one that designed the Tom and Jerry uh, Reebok shoes. He did uh, the Grinches. He did the, um, uh, let me see. I think he did some of the Hypnos. He did the the peanut butter packs. And so, yeah, and so Chris and I became really, really cool. And uh, man, like, and so now he drops some, but, but he's dropping so many shoes, I can't even support him like that. He dropped the Ghostbuster shoes that came out for Halloween. And I was like, dude, if I try to support you just on the strength, man, I'd be forever broke. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this dude drops shoes every week, a new shoe line. Check him out, Chris Cole, man. Chris Cole at Reebok. He, he's, yeah, he's a real deal, man. He's a, he's a great he's a great designer. So I try to support the people, you know what I'm saying, that are, that are cool, man. The people that are doing something, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that question. That should say a lot. A, a lot. lot a lot of shoes. Yeah. I mean, I, I got. I had gotten bitten with the bug for a little bit, but then that kind of faded away. I was like, you know what? Whatever. I get shoes when I get shoes. But I'm not crazy about them. But I do have a friend. I, I actually, he was my very first interview with this show. His name is Jake. He went by Noah to flip it because he flips shoes. Like he yeah. goes, to, he goes to like thrift stores and everything. Find all these shoes, resell. Yeah. You know, he keeps some, but he knows his stuff, though. Like, yeah. he can tell you what any shoe is. He can tell you if it's fake. Oh, man. Everything. Like, he really does his thing. Like, he's he's getting pretty big on YouTube. He's like, I think he has like about 15,000 followers now. And he started yeah. after me doing that. Like, he when he saw me doing what I was doing, he was like, man, I'm thinking about doing YouTube or what I do. And yeah. actually, he wanted me to kind of work with him doing resale. And I was like, that's just not my thing, you know? That's right, right. thing. You do your thing. I got a passion for this, but we still talk and you know, kind of we st- we talk about collaborating. But he's yeah. in a totally different realm. But we'll figure it out. But anyway, yeah. he knows his stuff, man. Like crazy. I just like I be blown away by the stuff he says and, and he knows, you know, because I went out a couple times with him, just kind of like scouting shoes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's such and such, and this is such and such, and that's why that's fake. And this, like, he just knows it. Man, oh, it's right. crazy. Right, we need a yeah, man. Put me in contact because that's the, that's the kind of cat you want to keep around <laughs> for real. Okay, I'll connect you, man. Like you know, these trade shows and stuff like that. It's because yeah, you have to. You definitely have to be careful because I mean sometimes yeah, man. It's, I mean, the heat will drop and then somebody will just give you like this knockoff or whatever. So like, but so the, the the kind of shoes I like, I'm just gonna tell you. I mean, people are gonna do what they're gonna do regardless, but it'd be very hard pressed to try to replicate the ones that I that I get down with because it's a certain whole artistic thing that goes on not just the making of the shoes but the actual art that's screened on the shoes so yeah and i like them and, and i never thought i'd be the type of person to just keep them in some boxes like oh these are dead stock i'm not gonna yeah, no coming up as a kid like you have a pair of shoes you, shoes you better wear those shoes it wasn't rock them and, and dead stock them it was like yeah, you so you just got shoes just that way I have some stats away, and I'm gonna be honest too. Like during the pandemic, like because I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not moving around. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, if the kind of movement I'm doing is like it's very limited. I'm not on tour. I'm not doing stuff. Yeah. So no need for me just to just like to have some shoes for an event or or whatever the case may be. Matter of fact, 
Houston is having a, a this is the third year they're doing this sneaker ball and I love that experience man I I, I love it it's, it's and your city might have it too it's a it's a it's a, a fundraising event it's for young people who need tuxedos and, and dresses for prom and that kind of stuff it's a great man this is a great fundraising fundraising event so you know you get g'd up you get real real nice and then you wear the liveest shoes and then they have like a, like a, like a contest to see who has the best shoes like I'm not even doing that this year, and and I really want to go to that event because that's one event that I really really rally behind. Yeah. But man, I haven't really I haven't bought anything for anything to sit in front of a computer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know I don't know I might I might get back into the shoes. I, I get bit with I get bitten with the bug sometimes. And I just like you know what now I'm on it. I want this shoe. I want that shoe. But man. Hey man, look! Hey, let it bite you. I'm not gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> what kind of shoes you have on right now? Since we just keeping it formal, I ain't got, I ain't got no shoes on right now. <laughs> the spot. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to show you because uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna flex on you, man. But I'm just gonna show you. These are just my comfortable old man sliding shoes. Let me let me show you. These are ones I wear every day. These joints are busted up, man. These these polo joints. Ah, uh, but I like uh, that though. See, I'm into that stuff like that. Yeah, you like see that. The, but I'm not look. But I'm gonna show you how busted up they are. Like a true sneakerhead, man. Too bad. I mean, you don't want to smell yeah. these. But you can see how they. I mean, I'm wearing them. Like it's not like you know. I'm just rocking and I'm, yeah. I'm just put them in a the box. So if they're comfortable, man. Like that's really where I am right now. It's about I'm on my my grown man just comfortability at this right. point. But uh, but if I need to flex on them, I can you know I can step out with something nice. I see you. I, I love those are fly though. I like those. Oh, man, I appreciate it, but they're just some little slip-ons, you know. I might, but, have, uh, I might have to go and find something like that. I see that's that's my style. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. wear what everybody else is wearing all the time. That's why would you want to do that? Exactly. Why would you want to do that? That's played, man. Be be you, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so in your opinion, with all the stuff that you do, and we didn't even talk about you painting. I know that you're influenced by Basquiat. Yeah from that and you do like um, art that's more geared towards African Americans is that correct? Yeah yeah I mean yeah I, yeah, I do yeah I, that's, a, that's a part of it but yeah I definitely do African American art yeah. Okay. yeah yeah so uh, my question is out of all that you do like in your opinion if something just jumps out what is your best piece of work? It could be writing it could be the art it could be whatever what do you, what do you feel to date is your best piece of work that just jumps out that always sticks out to you mm, that's interesting yeah you coming with the you coming with the questions <laughs> uh man i would probably say okay so photography like for, so just talking about photography for a second um so um i really i really appreciate photography i appreciate all art but photography is my thing so the piece that really stands out for me is champ there's a piece called champ mm -hmm. and uh, and i think the, the the reason why that stands out is because i was just learning how to use my camera at the at the time and and again this is not your phone camera i'm talking about a manual yeah. camera yeah. i'm not talking about digital camera i'm talking about you have to set the settings <laughs> learn the depth of field all that stuff so um so i was in i was in galveston and this was like a, a tour. Like I was in, I was in a, a class. This was a, a media class. Okay. We were on a field trip, and there's this this young kid, man. He, he's standing, like he's standing next to this fence, and he's just playing. A, he's just bouncing his basketball, and and the image just was so striking to me, man. Like you're on a on a on a pier, all these boats in the background, 
you see this black kid bouncing a basketball like that just was and it was so it was so interesting because my classmates were looking at the water and they're taking pictures of boats and taking pictures of everything else and i'm like that's the photo like that, that's the photo right there like and so I, you know I, I went up to him you know i'm a college kid you know he's just like he, just, he could be my little brother or something he's just a young kid and i say hey dude look hey, i don't want to stop you from doing what you're doing man i said look i'm just learning this camera and i show him my camera hey man can I can I get a shot of you doing that? Is I mean, you know, is that cool with you? He was like, yeah. So man, dude was just doing this. I said, just do your thing. He was natural. Then he he posed. He he posed right against the uh, the fence, and so you see, like the number of the uh, the number on the ship, and you see the, the the fence, and then you see this kid, and the sun, the lighting is just perfect, man. And 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 you see so much pride and strength in his little face and i was like that's it so i took that photo we go back and, and we go back to the class you know um it went that was on the weekend so we go back to the class when uh, like when the week started or what have you we started trading photos and everybody in my class was like where did you see that like y'all were right there on the same pier <laughs> y'all were all right there and my professor was like yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty decent the reason why that photo stands out is because I captured that moment, but it was also the time that I became a professional photographer, um, even in college, because that photo uh, was on exhibit at the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston. So for it to be for it to be on display at a, at a national museum, like I've done like a lot of cool stuff art wise, man, and like some of that stuff is just a, a blank right now. But that I think is a it's a standout just because I called it champ because that young that young man has so much promise and potential and I think for me because we talked about this earlier as far as like whom much is given which I, my favorite African principle is Sankofa giving back mm. I just always wanted that I was like I just wish that young man would have the opportunity to go to a museum and to see his value <laughs> come on man. Man, come on, man! Don't hit me! Don't hit me in the chest, man! Man, he's speaking the gospel right now, boy. You you spitting out here, <laughs> man! Don't, don't get me started. But, but, no, that's that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, man. So that's wow. Yeah. So now you see, that's probably by far my favorite, like my favorite thing, because you know, like who would think a black kid dribbling a basketball is on display at the Museum of Fine Arts and on a pier with both that, right? And nothing to do with coonery. Nothing to do with shucking and yeah, jiving. Yeah. Nothing to do with anything other than a kid being a kid, showing his worth and his pride. Come on, man. And it's abstract so, because that's not supposed to be there. As far you know, as you know, like when you're you're taking pictures of a pier and boats, like that kid is not supposed to be there bouncing the ball. Right. Abstract art, but it's powerful. Oh. I get it. I love it. It's about the experience, right? Yeah. It's about it's the experience. Come on, man. All about the experience. I wish yeah. that kid could go to that museum one day and see that. That man. might change his life, man. Because he changed my life. You know what I mean? Like that's and that's 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 what it's about sometimes. And that gets back is because it's a tie back. Now it comes full circle. Yeah. So you ask like why you know all this stuff. Like what is it about? And for me, it's it's about it's about learning things from like in unexpected places, but also giving back, right? So I feel like I gave back and, and just some just some form gave him a voice. Just gave him a platform, right? Life. You get life. life, man. Even if you don't even know about it. It's, that energy still I'm mm. telling you, that energy, man. Yeah. Got that energy out there in the universe and it's affecting that kid. He doesn't even know it. He don't even know it. Doesn't even know it. What's yeah. one what's the one unique quality about yourself that you feel transcends through all your work? I think my honesty, I think my heart, 
it might sound corny to say my, you know, to say my heart or whatever, but um, like, I really, I really think, and well, I should say, I hope, I hope that the way that I feel about my work, uh, that it that it translates to the reader, you know, and or that it tran and that it transfers to the reader to the audience because um. You know, I, I'm a firm believer, and I, and I tell you know, I tell novice writers this. I, I tell young writers this. Um, if you don't feel what you do, other people aren't gonna feel it. If you don't, if you don't feel it, you, you know, you you can't fool people, man. Yeah. People will know. You know what I mean? People and animals know. <laughs> you know, they know what's real. Yeah. They know when somebody's trying to, you know. So, so I think just my authentic self and I'm really, you know, I'm really fortunate that I learned this lesson a long time ago. I, and I, I'm just, man, I, I think this is something that I really have embraced and I still embrace that I don't, I don't pigeonhole myself. I don't allow myself to not do me because mm. of what somebody else might say or feel. Yeah. You, feel like you either take it, you either take it. I, I know it's like, um, late, late, late type of conversation whatever so i'm not everybody's uh adult beverage of choice or i'm not everybody's soft drink or water or whatever of choice <laughs> and i'm because i'm not trying to be i'm just trying to be van g you know what i'm saying yep. and uh, I, think that, I think that translates but i also think that what we what we said and this is the hallmark i think in all my art is that i want to make a genuine connection so with my visual arts i want to make that genuine connection literary arts i want to make the connection and, you know and, and have that dialogue, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you're yeah. you're accomplishing that. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? But just bringing me on allowed me to to share a few things. I, you know, I mean, we come on. I, I mean, we can do this. We keep doing this. I don't know. I don't know what your time frame is like, man. I'm yeah, we can start. Listen, listen. Hey, I'll have a good conversation. I want to know this. Yeah. With with all of the work that you've done. Or even that you're gonna do when it's all said and done. Right. What picture are you trying to paint? I don't know. Okay, what picture do you feel that you will have painted when it's all said and done with all of your your works of art? I'm not just talking about painting. What picture are you painting? What are you leaving here? What's that legacy look like for you? Okay, all right. So, so again, I'm really big on Sankofa, right? The, the, okay, so. I know not everybody knows about Sankofa, but I'm about to break that down. So, so Sankofa, it is the West African principle of giving back. Okay, and so that symbol, the, the symbol that represents Sankofa is that of a bird. So it's that of a bird who is just imagine a bird facing this way, but that bird has his head tilted, and on, on that back, on the back of that bird is an egg. Mm -hmm. And so what that represents, so you have a bird. Who's facing backwards, and the egg is being placed on its on its back. So what that symbol represents is being in the present, looking back at the past, giving to the future. Being in the present. Mm, I got you. Past giving Get to that the future. Egg. Right, the egg represents right. So you got it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Sankofa. So Sankofa is like the African principle that I really hold very close to my heart. And again, it it's like we aren't. Um, we aren't placed on this earth just to hoard the resources, right? Nor are we placed on this earth just to, uh, as John Donne mentioned, to just be islands unto ourselves. We're not here just 
to be self-serving. We're here to help other people. Yeah. But I really think yeah. that um, one thing that I that that would be the painting uh, would be one in which San Kofa is is highlighted in whatever capacity that might be. Much like what we said as far as Champ. Champ is an example of San Kofa, which for all those reasons we just stated. But something that, uh, and it doesn't have to be like all grandiose and overwhelming, right? All just like live and direct. It can be understated, but something that uh, that helps people to understand that principle of Sankofa, I, I think, and and that's really what I try to do in all my art. But um, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Like that's no, that's enough. Yeah, I don't know. You know, to quote, you know, you do know the philosopher Buju Bantan, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Buju Bantan, right? Buju said like this. He said, "I could go on and on." And half the stories never be told, right? So, like, there's so, there's so many stories. We talked about this, man. So many narratives that yeah. that still need to see the light of day. And, and and I just and I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. I'm I'm blessed that I can that I can share my passions with other people. I'm blessed that I like this is a platform. I don't even take I don't take this platform for granted. I think you're doing great work. You're allowing. You know, people that to be able to be who they are and to share, as you mentioned, these nuggets and these gems with other people. Like this is this is what it's about, right? This is yeah. like people are blessed to be a blessing, and it might sound cliche and all that, but but it's true. Like, it, you know, so yeah, so man, it's just to be able to to be able to do this um, again, man. I don't I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. Um, but but just being able to tap in to different. I don't want to say channels, uh, just to just to tap into different places, right? Because I don't, like I said, I don't pigeon, I don't pigeonhole myself, man. So I, I mean, I'm just blessed to be able to. I can go chop, I can go chop it up with some dudes that knock people out on sight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they get, like they get paid to KO people. Right. Or call, hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Blah blah blah. Like I can hang with those cats, or we can go to the car show. And do that, or we can go to the literary salon, yeah, and, 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 and talk literature all day. Like, I think I think it's about, um, like you mentioned about your experiences, but also just being open and receptive to the what ifs, those possibilities. You know, and at the end of the so, day, you're just spreading love, man. Come on, just spread. What love. else is it? You just what what else? And that, and that could look like many different things and all that you do. But you, at the end of the day, you spread love. You're loving on them children. That you, Come on, man. You know what I mean? On, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You just, listen, man. You, you, you let on God work through you like you're supposed to. Come on, man. Cap, just, it, off. That's... Cap it off. Right? <laughs> yeah, you letting God work through you, man. Come on, man. Yeah, God's plan. Huh? And, I, and I, yeah, exactly. And I tell people like this, you know, there's a debate about what God looks like. He's black, white. No, people like you is what God looks like. It's the doing, it's the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the compassion, it's the empathy for others, caring about others, spreading that love, pouring into other people, being selfless. That's what God looks like, not a color. We're so hooked on colors. So, so, um, territorial about color yeah you know what i mean yeah. like nah man that's what god looks like doing yeah. that work brother i applaud you i appreciate you i appreciate you brother i appreciate <laughs> you you know what i'm saying this is sad copa at his finest you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes nah, man, I really, yeah I, no, I really, hey this this 
you don't even know, man. I mean, I was we talked about it just a little bit before, you know, but it's um, you know, honestly, today, even though you know, it just it kind of feels it, today already feels like a Friday, or it has already felt like a Friday. It really this, has. This, this, week, this week has been like already like, oh man, is it Friday? It's tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah. But I would say, yeah. bro, this has been like this has been like a a burst of energy, a surge of energy that's just like. So I mean, it's it's just it's a, it's a it's a good vibe, man. So hey, shout out to you too. You know what I'm saying? Because you're again bringing awareness. You know, you let people know what's happening, and uh, and sometimes it's, and I'm, I'm gonna say this just parenthetically, and and I know we got to wrap or whatever, but um, sometimes um, artists we just as you know we just do what we do, mm-hmm. like we don't even like mm-hmm. we don't we don't think about it, right? But then once we become reflective then that, that helps us in our processes down the road. But it's also just, it, it's just an opportunity for us to um, to just enjoy some of those things that we might've missed or we might've forgotten. So you like took me down some roads that like, man, like I'd forgotten those I things. Man, I, for- I can man, tell. Look, man, dude, you know, I forgot how, man, I forgot how hungry I was coming up, man. Like I was hung- like in college, like, I was hungry, man. Like, 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 you know about, you know about that hustle. Like, I know about, man, I know like, about, hey, you know, trying like, to make that, you know, you know, <laughs> me and my best friend, you know, when I was doing the music, like I started out doing the music. I'm gonna wrap it up too. I ain't gonna be too long, but I started out doing the music, right? I was living in Las Vegas. So me and my best friend, Carlos, um, I did my first mixtape. We recorded my first mixtape and he hopped on it with me, right? on a cassette player with the microphone plugged into the radio. Yes. Listen, and then we would ride down the strip because I used to live in Las Vegas, right? I used to ride yeah. down the strip in, this is crazy, man. This is my life story right here. My brother's boss, who was kind of huh? like my aunt, she would let me borrow her car. Man, me and my friend Carlos, he's like my brother. <laughs> we used to ride around all night freestyling. Ride yes. instrumentals. Then we made the mixtape. We ride into that. We get out on the strip. I'm talking about standing on the Caesar's Palace steps, freestyling, video recording. Anytime somebody, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, like, this is all bringing back the memories. This is the hustle. This is the hunger. Anybody, yes. I promise you, I don't mm. know. I can't tell you. I know what it was for. But I'm, listen, damn near anybody that came to town that was an artist that I wanted to get to to perform for, I did it. My my homeboy Carlos can tell you that we got to them. We would go and VIP yeah. with them, be rapping for them, wherever they were backstage, rapping for them. I got backstage in Madison Square Garden when I first got to New York, rap for Diddy, just in the hallway chilling. Like nothing ever came of it, but I understand what that journey was for. I understand what those experiences were for. And when I tell you I don't do music no more, that's not by a choice. That's what God wanted me to do is step away from that. God was tugging at my soul. I done told my story several times. So I ain't going to get on that. But he was tugging at my soul. I was fighting it for so long. And I just knew it wasn't for me anymore. It's not what he wanted for me. I finally left it. I, and I felt alleviated, right? But I'm just telling you, like, the experiences. And I just remember that hunger. And me and my homeboy, we talked about that, Carlos. And I, you know, later on in life, we're like, man, we're not as hungry as we used to be. 
Where did that go? And it's not like we don't have desires and and dreams and goals, and we're not. And it's not like we're not working for stuff because we're still passionate and, and have our dreams and we're working. And but he was like, man, it's just something about that youthful hunger that we had. We don't have that no more. We need to tap back into that to go into yeah. overdrive. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yeah. like when we're having those conversations, even about the music, I was remembering. I was remembering all them all them nights. We rapping, we freestyling. I left Vegas. I moved to New York. I told him, hey, listen, I'm going to New York. I'm going to get on MTV. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I did all of that. I've been on so many MTV shows, Say What Karaoke, Global Groove, you name it. We Listen, it got to the point where I came back the next year, got him. He transferred schools, came out there with me. We roommates. We both on MTV. They, they they sent us special invites to go party at in TRL in a TRL yeah. studio look overlook yeah. Times Square on New Year's like they sent us invitations because that's how much we were up there like we really went out there and did what we said we were gonna do everything yeah. from from yeah. listen I interned at Bad Boy yeah come on man <laughs> got locked put posters on a scaffold going to uh, uh, I think it was like the anniversary of Biggie's death we were going to a, 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 a club or whatever with Diddy everybody right and like listen they were like oh yo hop out real quick and bang out on those scaffolds put some posters up here come the popos lock this up uh-huh. man I'm telling you so many memories bro but I've been around so many people I've, I've man it's been a journey so it just takes it like he, I, I, I used to live with Devontae from Jodeci. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, it's been a journey. But, I, man, I love it. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you because it's only certain people. No, seriously, though. It's only certain people that can bring those memories out of you sometimes. It's certain yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's the people that you talk to and it's the conversation right. and direction of the conversation that can take you back down memory lane. Everybody can't do that. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true, bro. That's that's true, man. But hey, you know what? <laughs> you, you, hey, you making me want to go drag the streets of NY right now. <laughs> you know but, hey, but man, no, but but hey, but th- no, thank thank you for making me just remember that stuff, man. Like it's yeah, like yeah, like little young lions and young pups, young wolves. Just yeah, on it. yeah Fearless, like, man. Yeah. Like not a care yeah. in the world, but we were smart about it. You know, smart. I know for. Well, we wouldn't take no for an answer though. That, we were so persistent at that time, like, like, like we had a pocket full of money. <laughs> like, we about, hey, oh yeah, calling offices trying to get. Hey, I need to speak with so and so, so and so. Like, come on, man. Yes. But it's, it's like, like that was that was the era, man. It was the era. Man, it's it's a different and, and so yeah. And I'm, and I'm just gonna say this. Like what you said, like um, I was just I was just talking about the lack of passion in some areas about some things the other day, partly due to just what's happening in the world and that, yeah. but still trying to be positive and upbeat. But man, this this gonna this is gonna carry me for a little bit, man. This energy is gonna carry me for a little bit, man. This is gonna carry me, brother, because I'm telling you, like this is gonna put a different drive. It's like putting a different battery in your back. You 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 putting a new battery in your back right now. You remembering all of that and yeah. that'll pull you forward because you're remembering that drive, that hunger. I'm telling you, like, even, like, my homeboy Carlos, man, he was telling me one day, he was like, listen, man, he's like, I know what God had for you, 
and he mm. away from the music but bro it was not in vain everything that you did with meeting all those artists and us living with them artists and us working with different artists and just being in the same rooms with them and them knowing your face knowing your energy feeling your right. energy feeling your spirit bro it's not for nothing he was like watch what i tell you you're gonna turn around and be interviewing them same people and they're gonna remember you and i believe that bro i'm telling you i believe it i know it i yes. know it Yes. I know it, bro. I'm not forgettable. And I'm yeah. not to be arrogant, but I'm telling you because the energy is all about energy. And when you bring a certain energy into the room, and which me and my homeboy, we always did. People always pointed us out. People always came up to us and talked and said, man, something different about you guys. Like, y'all just, <laughs> like, you know, seriously, like, something yes. different about you guys. What do y'all do? Like, we always got that and we still get that. Right. I understand. I know it, man. I'm telling you, when I get the opportunity to interview these people that I crossed paths with before, they're gonna remember me. They're gonna remember me, and there's gonna be a relationship reestablished. Right. And it's it's. I'm telling you, it's it's all for something, man. It's all for the bigger picture. Come on, man. Believe it. I know it. Yeah. No, it's already done. It's already done. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Amen, my brother. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Come on, man. Come on, yes, now. Indeed. Don't get, me, don't get me started, but uh, yeah, man. Oh, man, yeah. But thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate this conversation. This is a conversation. ain't no interview. It's a conversation. Oh, real talk. I appreciate your energy. Appreciate your time. Thank yes, you for being here. I'm going to link you with my boy, too, Jake. Seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Go buy some shoes. Go turn up and just buy shoes. And... He can yeah, I'm if you need to know about a shoe, he gonna tell you. I'm telling you, he gonna tell you about that shoe. Yeah. <laughs> For real. That's all good. It's so much I need to know. Yeah, yeah. Yes, nah. indeed. yes, indeed, man. But no, no, seriously, I appreciate you. Everybody that's stuck with us, we've been on here for about an hour and a half. Everybody that's stuck with us, I appreciate you guys. Everybody that tuned in, I appreciate you guys. Listen, I'll be back next Tuesday. New guests, new food for thought, new value. But I'm telling you, cherish this right here. You need to rewind this and rewatch this. Get these gems, get this value. Y'all check out Van Van G Garrett on Instagram, Van G Garrett One on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure and check out the website, VanGGarrett.com. No, VanGGarrettPoet.com. Oh yeah, I got yeah. all the links. Come on, man. Oh, click them links. <laughs> Go change your life, man. D- dive into this brother right here because he's got so much to offer. He's doing such great things. Man. And what I like about it, too, I'm just going to say this. Humble, and it's not about flash and fame, but you're doing probably more than what some of these celebrities. Right, I appreciate the Big names and the, and the light shining in their face are doing. So kudos to you, man. That's love for real. We out of here. Next week, Tuesday, 10 p.m., same time, same place. Come kick it with your boy, Cool Car. Thank you, Van. Appreciate you, man. I really do. Appreciate you, man. My pleasure. It's been fun. We out of here, y'all. All right. Peace.